This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Jets-Chargers post-game report. The Jets made a late surge. They were down big at halftime, 24-6. They ended up narrowing the gap and actually had an opportunity to drive for the potential game-tying score at the end. Instead, they go down 36-28 on the road in L.A., course to talk about this i've got with me andy vasquez of northjersey.com andy this ended up being a lot more entertaining than the first half would have suggested yeah it was a, a fun another fun game from the jets and i think for jets fans it was kind of the best of all worlds unless except for like being scared a little bit there late in the game that they were going to come back and win but you, you got to see some young pieces play better in the second half especially denzel mims he had a I thought he had a big impact on both of – I didn't think. He definitely had a big impact on both of those uh, second-half scoring drives that got the Jets back in the game. And your team lost, so they're still on pace to be the number one overall pick in next year's draft. So, yeah, I think it's it's kind of a win-win situation where you're seeing guys make genuine progress and, and the Jets are still in the position that – the fans want them and need them to be in going forward. Now, I'd be a little concerned because if they keep getting better and, and players like Mims keep developing, um, they might be capable of winning a game here at some point later in the future or later in the season. But either way, I don't think when you're seeing what we saw today and saw what we saw from the Jets secondary, they're not going to win more than one or two games, I don't think. So I think Jets fans are now in a situation where they're kind of in a in a good spot here and, and can feel good about the rest of this season and, and this helps being 0 and 10. 
Well, let's talk about the offense first, Andy. And it was a tale of two halves. This really was remarkable because the Jets just couldn't get out of their own way in the first half. And then all of a sudden, in the second half, things started to really click, particularly in the passing game. The Jets started going downfield. And it was weird because in the first half, they just kept running the ball and they didn't go downfield at all. In fact, none of the wide receivers even had a reception in the first half. All of a sudden here, second half, Denzel Mims making plays, and there was one drive where he drew multiple penalties and had a big catch. Basically was the reason that they were able to get in the end zone ultimately. Brashad Perriman caught a nice touchdown grab. Even Christopher Herndon, who had a big drop early on, got in this one with a nice catch and then a touchdown, which was remarkable because for everything that he's gone through this season in terms of regressing and not even coming close to meeting expectations, he finally started to make an impact in this one I thought this was a really nice second half here by Joe Flacco the first half really was what doomed them but if you looked at the second half you saw what the Jets offense could be when it's firing on all cylinders it's not murderers row but as you said there were some positive signs particularly the wide receiving core with Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman making plays and so you see what the building blocks could be here if the Jets are able to continue to put pieces there. Now, we'll see what happens at quarterback over the long haul. Sam Darnold will come back, and barring another setback, he'll have an opportunity to play with these guys for the last six games. But the offensive line actually looked okay until the injury started to happen, and we'll get into the two tackles a little bit later on because I'm curious what's going to go on there. But Overall, the first half, bad. Second half, really good here for this offense. And as you said, if they keep doing this, they're going to scare a lot of Jets fans the rest of the year because they'll be competitive for, if not all of the next six games, at least a handful of them. Yeah, a couple of things that kind of stick out to me. First of all, yeah, I don't understand why it took into the second half to start throwing the ball down the field. Now, they said that, it was kind of the game plan all along to soften them up with the run. And and maybe they just, the Chargers spent so much time on the field in the first half. I don't have the play breakdown, but it was significant disparity. They just never got into that kind of rhythm uh, where they were able to do it. And that might be part of the reason, but it's just, you saw the impact that it had on the game. It changed the way the Chargers were playing defense. They had, even when they were missing long shots, deep shots, the Chargers had to account for it because, you know, Perriman was open. Mims were, he was open on some of these plays. So that, that was very interesting to me. And then this is a legitimate trend now where you've seen for basically two and a half games here or a game and a half that when the Jets have their top three receivers on the field, the offense can be explosive. And that makes things very interesting for when Sam Donald comes back, because I, I believe there's some pressure on him. I mean, there's already pressure on him, but there's no reason now. There's no excuse. He's had the time to sit back, watch, reset. When he had this chance as a rookie, he came back and played probably the best four games of his career, which obviously is is sad that that's true, but it, it is true. So he's now had time to sit back, watch. He now has weapons who make the Jets offense. You know, it's not the, the Chiefs by any means, but – Compared to what we've seen Sam Donald have these two years under Adam Gates, this, this Jets offense is dynamic with those guys. And he needs 
to produce because there's just no reason not to. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the Jets and and the coaching staff will come up with an excuse if Darnold doesn't play well, but the truth is there is an excuse. He needs to step it up now whenever he comes back. And, um, you know, that's really his only chance of being here in the future. And, and he obviously needs to step up anyway. But I think it's going to be very informative in terms of what Sam Darnold is and where he's at. I think we're going to really be able to find out here whenever he gets back on the field. Should also add that in terms of offense, even though a lot of people have been upset that Frank Gore is getting the bulk of the carries at running back, the reason that's happening is because as much as nobody wants to be honest about this, Frank Gore is the best running back the Jets have right now. I'm sorry, but LaMichael P. Ryan is just lacking. That may change over time, but Adam Gase is doing everything he can to try and win games, and so that's why he's going to give Frank Gore the lion's share of the carries. He doesn't care about 2021, 2022, 2023. He cares about trying to avoid going 0-16, so that's why Frank Gore is going to continue to get the bulk of the carries. Actually reasonably efficient today, 15 carries for 61 yards. And then when you take a look at the special team, today Andy one thing sticks out at you before we get to the defense Braden man pretty solid overall Sam Ficken not so much two missed extra points and I would imagine that Sergio Castillo is going to get a phone call and he looked really good when Ficken was out have a feeling that he is going to get every opportunity to win that job back during the week yeah I, I if I remember correctly I think he's still on the roster so um either way they kind of have kept him around as an insurance policy. And yeah, I think after what we saw from Ficken this week, um, I mean, it really did change the game because I think it put a little bit more pressure on the Jets just going into that final drive, knowing not only that to score, but they have to get a two-point conversion. And obviously they didn't really come close to, to getting the first part right. And you can say the second part didn't matter, but it just, I think mentally it, it, could have made a difference. So I think the Jets will take a look, serious look this week. I think they did the right thing by letting Ficken come back and not lose his job to injury because he did a pretty nice job before then. He had only missed one field goal and was perfect on extra points. Uh, but now I think everything should be on the table. And the way uh, Castillo looked, I mean, he kicked better than Ficken did today. Uh, one more thing about the P. Ryan uh, Gore mix. I understand what, like, you talked about it. Jets, some Jets fans are upset about it. But even it's not like Gore is getting, like, way more carries than him. It's been pretty balanced, and the Jets are giving P. Ryan more, way more of an opportunity than you would have thought he would have got this season, given what the Jets' running back room was. Uh, he, he did get hurt in this game, and that's why the carries were 15 for Gore, eight for P Ryan. I think it would have been pretty much balanced like it has been for the last several weeks if he had stayed in the game. So, I mean, like you said, he's not running very well. And I think it would be a mistake both for the, the locker room and for P Ryan's development to just keep handing him the ball when he's, when he's struggling. So um, I, I don't have any problem with the way they're handling that. I think it's obviously you can find problems with other stuff the coaching staff is doing, but that is not a, a big deal. And if you look at the way that they're giving opportunities to young guys across the roster, if guys are good enough to, to be in the field or if they're the best option at, that, at their position, they're going to get time. And, and 
I don't think you can find fault in the way the Jets are bringing along the young guys on the roster right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Before we get to what the Jets actually did on defense, I want to talk about the Chargers offense, which plays into what the Jets did on defense. Now, we saw Joe Flacco, who is a longtime veteran in this league, make one of the laziest throws I've seen in a while at the beginning of the game when the Jets recovered a fumble inside their own five, stopping the Chargers from getting into the end zone. And then Joe Flacco on the next play threw a pick six where he just lobbed it softly and it was picked and ran right in. He looked like a rookie, a deer in the headlights on that play. Justin Herbert, who has played for about half a season now, was lights out. And he's been like this pretty much the entire season, but just an incredible performance. I'll tell you, Andy, I didn't love Herbert coming out of Oregon. I had watched him quite a bit, and I just thought that there were a lot of flaws in his game. I knew he had a big arm, but he would lock his eyes on receivers. He didn't seem to process all that quickly. Well, let me tell you, everything that I thought was going to go wrong for him in the pros has not. In fact, he's got that rocket arm, but he's processing fast. He's accurate. He can throw on the run. That one throw that he made that was just a perfect strike into the end zone in between defenders running to his left was phenomenal he finished this game with 366 yards passing and three touchdowns and Keenan Allen came dangerously close to competing for the all-time record for receptions in a single game he had 16 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown and on paper you would look at that and say that must mean that the Jets secondary was terrible and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this was the days of Darrell Revis but considering who was out there that you're talking about Arthur Millette you're talking about an undrafted rookie in Lamar Jackson you're talking about Bryce Hall a fifth rounder who just came off injured reserve last week after a major injury I thought there was a lot to like especially from Bryce Hall he made some really nice plays showed you some flashes and all over the defense that's kind of what you got I thought that Quinton Williams played a really good game four pressures I think he had two quarterback hits was credited with a sack Henry Anderson who we've been dumping on all season had a really nice game today as well you saw some flashes from Ashton Davis. Marcus May, for the most part, played fairly well. Wasn't perfect, but still he showed you once again why he's one of the better players on this defense. Harvey Lange with more strong effort here. And then, of course, we saw Foley Fadakasi continue to be one of the best interior run stuffers in the league. So there were some positives. On the downside... One thing that we continue to see with this team that has been a staple of Greg Williams' defenses over the years and needs to stop if the Jets are going to be able to be effective down the stretch, that is getting hit with penalties, particularly personal fouls and roughing the passer penalties. 11th roughing the passer penalty today. This one was on Nathan Shepard. That is far and away 
the league lead in the NFL this year. And Andy, I believe that is the only category that the Jets lead the NFL in this season. <laughs> yeah, I I think Jordan Jenkins had one too, or maybe Shepard's was weird because he was because uh, uh, Herbert wasn't a runner at that point. But first of all, yeah, Herbert, man, that guy has an arm. It's crazy how good his arm is. Um, just the cannon. And I saw the same things you saw. I mean, he, he was scanning the field. This is the kind of stuff we wanted to see from Sam Darnold. And you saw it a little bit in his rookie year and haven't seen it since. But, I mean, he's got more of a cannon than Darnold has. He looks way more comfortable, that I think, today than Darnold looked at any point in his career. Um, and a lot of that is just on the situation he's in when you have a guy like Keenan Allen and, and the other weapons that the Chargers have. It allows you to have confidence that you're going to be able to find someone out there open when you drop back. And I, I think that plays a big part in this, but yeah, the Jets defense such as it is, it's just not a super talented unit. And and last year they were able to overcome it, but I think they were significantly more talented last year than they are right now. And, and I, it doesn't mean that you're not seeing good stuff and, and you're not getting valuable development from guys like Hall. I mean, how much is that going to help him a day like today where he plays one of the best receivers in the league and and has that matchup several times and and obviously Allen got the best of him at times but he, he's got to learn from that it's got to be a good thing and and yeah you're, you're seeing uh, a bunch of guys get experience and I think it's going to benefit them going forward maybe not this season but to have that going into next year as a baseline um, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys like have a chance to compete for roster spots next year just because the Jets have so much rebuilding to do that these guys are going to just get a chance because you can't you know, fix it all in one offseason. Bottom line here with the rookies is that Mekhi Becton has shown you a ton to like, as has Denzel Mims. Braden Mann has been a pretty solid punter, particularly for a rookie. Jabari Zuniga today even did a few nice things. You saw Bryce Hall the last two weeks show you some stuff. And, of course, Ashton Davis has flashed. So, really, a lot of guys in this rookie class have already shown you that they have potential to be something with this team down the line. Now, that doesn't mean that all of them are going to work out, but the early returns, if nothing else, look pretty promising. Let's talk about a couple of those draft picks now, though, Andy, and not in a positive light. As you said, LaMichael Pirine, he got hurt. We saw Mekhi Becton come out, but then come back in. And then if we go beyond the rookies, George Fant had an injury again today, and he had been banged up in the past. So what do we know about these injuries and anybody else who's banged up right now? All right. So, yeah, basically with Fant, it's an ankle injury, um, and that was what the team gave us. Gase said afterward it was an ankle knee, and I think if you saw the injury, it looked like he was grabbing at his knee first, and the medical staff was looking at it. Uh, it looked bad. I mean, he got rolled up on and it did not look good. He was able to walk off the field under his own power with a heavy limp. And then uh, CBS said that he was taken in a cart back to the locker room. So, um, I mean, that's concerning going forward. Well, he's going to have an MRI and we'll find out more. Um, and P Ryan left with an ankle injury. Now I didn't see the play they got hurt on. I'm not sure exactly when it happened. 
you'll remember that he suffered an ankle injury in that scrimmage at MetLife late in training camp, and it cost him the first few weeks of the season. It's the same ankle. I'm guessing it hasn't been 100% all year, and, and it's something that, I mean, with, with this little time left in the season, it's hard to know how it will affect him going forward. Um, Anawasar, who, who returned and played his first game, left with a hamstring injury. Not entirely surprising for a guy who, you know, hasn't played this season. And uh, Chuma Doga also had an injury. Uh, it was an ankle injury, and I, I don't think he finished the game either. So going back to obviously probably the most important is Makai Becton. Gase said that he had a knee issue. They checked out in the sideline and let him back in the game. So you'd assume he's fine. But, um, you know, who knows what that's going to feel like or be like tomorrow. Uh, it's something to watch going forward, but the fact that they let him finish the game, and I think you've seen, seen them be very careful with injuries to guys who have an impact on their future, especially after what happened with Beckton in week four. Um, I think the fact that they let him back in the game is probably a pretty good indicator that it's not a long-term concern. Andy, let's talk about what went on in the locker room afterwards. Adam Gase spoke, also heard from Henry Anderson, Frank Gore. Tell me about some of the highlights here. What did we learn after the Jets and Chargers were finished in the postgame presser? So anyone who watched the game, you saw CBS. This was a big topic of conversation during the game. It looked like Adam Gase was calling the plays again. But if you've been watching the last couple of weeks, it's actually pretty similar to what he's been doing. Uh, it's looked to me like he's been calling the plays the last couple of weeks, but what's the change he's made is that he is the guy now relaying the play call to the quarterback. Dowell is still calling the plays. And the reason that Gase is doing this, he did not do a great job of explaining it post game, but the reason he's doing it is that he wants to be involved in the two minute drill uh, and other critical situations like that. So he can have some input, go back and forth with Dowell on certain play calls, not necessarily change them, just just talk about them. With him relaying the play calls to Flacco, he, it's easier for him to do that. So rather than just do it in the two-minute situation and change things up, he's doing it the whole game. It was a topic of conversation after, and he was asked, like, isn't that – make it more complicated? And basically he says, no, it, look, he's just telling me a play number, and then I – relay it to to Flacco so it's not that hard and it actually that actually does kind of make sense to me it's also at this point does it really matter who's calling the plays I mean the offense looks better so give them credit for an adjustment that has actually worked this season it's one of the few but it has worked uh the other another big topic of conversation after the game was Flacco's interception basically I mean Gase did not give him a pass on it so he's got to make a better choice Flacco said it wasn't about the choice. It was about the throw. As, and as you pointed out earlier, it was a terrible throw. He, Flacco didn't call it a mental mistake. He called it a, a physical mistake because he you know, didn't do the things properly to get the ball out there at the velocity and in the position it needed to be. Uh, basically, he said, worst case scenario, it should have been an incompletion out of bounds if he had thrown it properly. Best case scenario, it would have been a completion on a screen. But it was a terrible throw, and it really did change the uh, the game completely. So that's to, that, to me, was a mental error, even though it was technically a physical error because he wasn't ready to make that throw, his first throw of the game, and, and it cost the Jets and really changed things. So 
And then finally, Frank Gore talked about how difficult this season has been for him. Uh, obviously, a long NFL career. First time I've ever heard him say anything like this where he's not sure if he's going to be playing next year because he doesn't know if other teams are going to want a 38-year-old running back. And that makes all this losing being 0-10 harder. Um, I asked him, because there's no real delicate way to say this, so I just came out and said it's like, you're, I know you don't want to think about this, but 0-16, like, how do you deal with that and how much motivation is there for that not to happen? And he's like, I, I don't want to go out like that. If if this is my last year, I can't go out like that. So it's definitely something that is, in his mind, it's definitely something that, while a lot of players aren't really talking about it, it's more and more on their minds that they don't want to uh, – you know, join the Lions and the Browns as the only 0-16 teams in history. And I think that's kind of like another interesting thing going forward to watch because I don't think they're going to stop playing hard because they have that clear motivation. But the more, the closer and closer they get to it, and now it's, you know, you're at double-digit losses, it's it's within sight. They're going to put pressure on themselves. And, you know, that that can be a thing that makes it harder to get that win. So, They've got a lot of factors working against them at this point, and uh, they are improving, I think. It's pretty clear at this point, but that doesn't mean they're going to get a win. I mean, they had a 10-point lead against the Patriots with less than seven minutes left, and they lost the game. So you can't really feel safe until they actually do it. And, you know, obviously for the players in the locker room, this is a this is a difficult thing. But for the fans, uh, you know, obviously – for, for obvious reasons, they want to see them get that, that top overall pick. So it's, that's an interesting dynamic moving forward and uh, something to watch out for as, as they get closer or not to 0-16. Will be the dominant storyline the rest of the season as the Jets get ready to go into their 11th game Next Sunday against the Miami Dolphins in their rematch of the loss that they suffered a couple of weeks ago. Andy Vasquez of NorthJersey.com, thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. I know that you're going to have plenty of stuff up at NorthJersey.com. And for anybody that wants to read all your work and everything else at NorthJersey.com, it's just $0.99 a month. Most of your stuff is available without the paywall, but of course, you write so many great articles that people are going to want access to all of it. At that point, you will veer into paywall territory and you'll want to read all the other great local journalism over at NorthJersey.com. So for just $0.99, you get everything. You don't have to worry about a limit of articles. And that is something you worry about, Andy, because I know that every week you're constantly churning out interesting articles. What have you got on tap for the rest of this week? Well, obviously, I thought Gore's comments were interesting, so I'll delve deeper into that and kind of the dynamics for the veterans on this team going forward. Joe Flacco also had some stuff to say about that. But um, I think more interesting to Jets fans is these young players who are going to make a difference for this team going forward. So I'm going to take a detailed look at them at some point later in the week going forward and, and also – a detailed look at the final six games of the season and, you know, kind of where the Jets might be in danger of getting a win or as the locker room to look at it, have a chance to get a win. And I think there's definitely some opportunities there. And uh, I just think it's especially week 16 against the Browns could be interesting because you have a franchise like the Jets where a win would hurt them and a franchise like the Browns who could be contending 
for a playoff spot where if they lose, it could hurt them. You see two cursed franchises and the same result would, would be bad for both of them. I would be, I would be worried as a Jets fan at that point, if the Jags are still uh, one, a one win team and the Jets are, are winless, that that could be a very interesting game. So uh, obviously I'll go into more detail on NorthJersey.com. Please come check it out. Subscribe. Uh, it helps me. It helps everybody at our paper. Uh, and I think, you know, local journalism is important right now. So appreciate your support and, and please keep reading. Make sure that you read Andy's work over at NorthJersey.com and follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.